Rajakars have repeated what the Moplas have done. But the difference is, the Moplas were trying to establish a kingdom. They were trying to establish a kingdom, a rebellion, an armed, etc., etc., whereas the Rajakars have already got a kingdom. The Nizam's kingdom, the Nizam's state was a banabana instrument for them. So they were interested actually in the perpetuation of the Muslim rule without any shame. They did not mince words. Forever it shall remain a Muslim state. Rajakarism has not disappeared from Andhra Pradesh. The old city of Hyderabad is still the capital of the Rajakars. And as recently as January of this year, in a town called Bhainsa, in Nijamabad district, the same Rajakars did whatever they did in 1947-48 in, in Telangana. Why did they do? How did they do? Because the TRS, the Telangana Rasa Samiti, which is the regional ruling party in Telangana, is in alliance with the MIM. Namaskar. Absa Boliya Namaskar. Not good morning, good afternoon, good evening, etc. Without reference to the watch. So every time, every place, Namaskar is the best one. Just as yoga is the gift of India now to the entire world, Namaskar is going to be such. And I also say, Jai Sri Ram, because Rama is Dharma, Murti Bhavijya. That means he is personified. So wherever I have gone abroad, in India, I start with Namaskar and also insist upon the audience to say Namaskar. And then I say Jai Sri Ram, Jai Sri Ram. And those who want to say that, they can repeat that. Otherwise, they can keep quiet. I am very, very thankful to Srijan Foundation for inviting me to give this talk. I have been a communist for a long while. While I was in the college, in fact, in the Laila College, in uh, College of Engineering, Gindi, where people from Kerala, Karnataka, Andhra and Tamil Nadu were there, I am an Andhra, a minority, but I said I am a communist and was elected. And they elected me not because I was a communist, but because I was a very meritorious student. To get into the government of India in those days was very difficult. They characterized me as a communist. So I went on writing the competitive examinations once, twice, thrice. They wouldn't appoint. One day I walked into Govindavallap and the Home Minister's house. There were no policemen in those days, obstructing people to see. So what young man? I showed him the paper clippings. Three times, why did you write the examination? That's why I've come to you. Are you a communist now? I said, I was. But if you give me an appointment, I'll be your most faithful servant. Otherwise, I will be your formidable foe in the parliament. It is your choice, sir. He, he loved that sentence and immediately passed on that. But my, one of my grandfathers, Ramaswamy Chaudhary, he taught us, throughout your life, you put the question in Duku, in Telugu, it means why? You should continue to ask till your end for everything, why, how, 
when, what. So these are the questions you should go on asking. And it is that Jignasa, that Krishna, which made me Mudhajana Sakashat Avagatam Kinchigno Asmi. In the company of the learned people, I understood that I know very little. And then my quest start, started. I became a Bharti Vidya Bhavan Munshi Sishya. And also is a chairman for our state, etc., etc. So that's my trajectory. And in the telecommunications, very soon I realized what it is. Apply, apply, no reply. And you don't give corrections, but you are removing the waiting list people by once saying all applications are good for nothing. Renew them by 10 rupees. Half of them disappeared. Again it built up. Then they said, no, all of them are invalid. Put 1,000 rupees. And then half of them again disappeared. So as long as it's like a tail ending one, you cut the tail, tail grows. So I took to privatization of the telecommunications. People must in, in, invest in this one. And you see the result. From apply, apply, no reply. To do you want a telephone? No, no, please take it and try it. Try it, try it, try it. So many fellows. So <clears throat> now about... In my high school days, there was a teacher. He was a guru. He was not a wage earner. There is a great difference between wage earners and a teacher. He was a guru. For half the time only, he will tell the subject. Half the time, he was a sculptor. Just as a sculptor takes a stone and makes a rama or a ravana or any whatever, so it was the teacher. So that he used to tell us so many things. At that time, we did not realize what he was saying. But in the over a period of time, life has taught us many things. So today, <clears throat> I am going to speak about this Rajakars. At that time, when the Rajakars were on the ascendant and doing all sorts of atrocities, I was a communist and running an underground paper. I was not running it, but I was used to multiply it and circulate it under B.T. Ranadivis. Guidance. <clears throat> My talk would be first I will give you an overview of what it is and then we will go into the PowerPoint for the details. In 1921, 1920, there was a Khilafat movement was started. The Khilafat movement was for the Sultan come Caliph of Turkey, not India. After the First World War, he became powerless. He lost control over Makkah and Medina. All of them went under the British, etc., etc. So only Muslims in India and no other country in the world, and no other country in the world, they started a movement called the Khilafat, restore everything for that man. <clears throat> and Gandhiji joined that. He got the Congress, a national party, a secular party, into supporting India's Muslims' demands for the restoration of the Caliph come Sultan of Turkey. Muhammad Ali Jannah, in the 1919 Nagpur Congress, warned Mr. Gandhi, you are committing the blunder of your life. Mr. Gandhi, there were only two people who never called Mahatma. One was Jinnah, Muhammad Ali Jinnah, another was Dr. Ambedkar. They always referred to him Mr. Gandhi is not a Mahatma. You are committing a mistake. You are committing the National Secular National Congress to a Muslim cause. Here afterwards, 
now no muslim is going to hear you they will get radicalized it is imam and the mullah and the maulana who will control them he was hooted down he went away that was the beginning of his estrangement with the nationalist movement and the congress so what happened then <coughs> gandhi ji thought that if in the sadness in the sorrow of the muslims we sympathize we join them maybe they no not maybe they will support us for the swarajya movement for the freedom struggle they are not joining the congress in great numbers so if you support them now they will join us that was his pious wish in the event and he said if both of us join within one year we are going to get swaraj 1920 this is what he said 1920 august 21 now one year was over then the moplas the muslim people in malabar district malabar was the kerala district of madras presidency at that time so they declared it is muslim swaraj they established a caliphate one ali musliyar was declared as the caliph and the two other people were declared as the kings and sultans under this caliph and what was the first thing what they did was they started desecrating and destroying the temples outrage the modesty of the hindu women rape them convert them and those who refused kill them 42000 of the moplas who is a mopla the word is mapla sanilla that is the hindu daughters the hindu women given to arab traders remember no muslim ever came to this country with his wife they all secured or procured wives from here and then multiplied similarly these maplas they are called the moplas very 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 cruel very obstinate and uh, everything islamism was given to them so at the end of the one year they said well, swaraj aa gaya hai muslim swaraj aa gaya hai caliph is there king is there so we will convert that's what they did 42000 of them and the british army was called in not only british army the nepalese gurkha forces were called chins and kachins from myanmar until 1935 myanmar or burma desha or burma was also part of india so they were known for their cruelty just like our gorkhas for their valor the chins and kachins are also very 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 terrific uh, soldiers it took 5 months from august 21 1921 to december end of december and beginning of january the british army had to quell that rebellion the story of it is told in this wonderful book the mopla rebellion the mopla rebellion published by the voice of india a great publications started by sitaram goyal who deserves bharatratna <coughs> because about 100 150 publications of them are there going into the history of communism and hinduism etc 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 so <coughs> what was what the moplas did was totally repeated with a little difference by the rajakars so the spiritual fathers the spiritual 
inspiration for the rajakars of course it is in the quran it is in islam because they thought mahatma gandhi when, when people represented to gandhi saying are you ask us to join them see what they are doing mahatma gandhi said moplas are god fearing people they are doing what their religion has asked them to do this is the complaint of all this the maharani of tramcor she drafted a petition under advice of dr anibisent and that was sent to the viceroyin viceroy's wife look at what is happening to us and it was that which triggered the deployment of first martial law they declared martial law in malabar district and in so many encounters some 2000 and odd these people democrats were killed and about a few thousands were wounded and the other ones are tried and there was a commission of inquiry by the dr bhaskar garu uh, prakasham pantulu he happened to be the secretary of indian national congress at that time say so a commission was sent under his leadership to inquire into what happened into in this malwar in this one i am trying to get this one his life najivta yatra in four volumes in the second volume he gives a description of what happened so rajakars have repeated what the moplas have done but the difference is the moplas were trying to establish a kingdom they were trying to establish a kingdom a rebellion in armed etc etc whereas the rajakars have already got a kingdom the nizam's kingdom the nizam's state was a banana instrument for them so they were interested actually in the perpetuation of the muslim rule without any shame they did not mince words forever it shall remain a muslim state I'll, in the powerpoint presentation i'll tell you what words etc etc were there in the 1926 the muslimification of nizam's dominion started nizam's great grandfather came from turkey and under shah jahan he he got some job and his grandson the first nizam he was sent as a nizamul mulk a representative of aurangzeb to the south and when the mogul empire was on the decline and became powerless the first nizam declared independence in 1724 aurangzeb died in 1707 and it was in 1707 that england and ireland and scotland became united kingdom of england and scotland this is a coincidence in history 1707 <clears throat> and if somebody asks you yeah, yeah, you are not a nation state you are selecting kitna hai 1707 mein you became united kingdom it is you the concept of a nation state was not there it was a nation was not there etc etc 1871 it was bismarck who united conquered about 28 principalities etc etc and made the german into a nation state and it is only in 1776 that america became a nation state it is only in 1901 that it became a nation state whereas dr ambedkar in his um, columbia university thesis 
he said india has been a nation a cultural nation for thousands and thousands of years you people are all born now anyway that's aside so they wanted to keep it as an islamic state as a muslim state so muslimification of nizam started 1338 the last kakatiya kingdom was finished 1347 the muslim rule started 1347 the muslim rule started in the dakkan first by the bahamanis afterwards the qutub shahis afterwards the moguls and afterwards the nizam when he declared independence in 1724 and the nizam is in india no his descent is from turkey like babars like uh, any other person and in india today we have got people who say moguls are indians only the british are foreigners anyway <coughs> so muslimification how to do that one the 1920s onwards there was stirring in india for freedom a independent independence swaraj so that made nizam's people wonder now how long will we stay there were two movements one is called dindar one uh, maulana sam 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 siddiqui he started a dindar movement the idea was to convert the scheduled caste people into islam to increase the muslim population of nizam so dindar was doing that work and at the same time ittehad muslimin majlis ittehad muslimin was started ittehad means it was for welfare is a union majlis means union ittihad means welfare so for the welfare of the muslims mim was started in 1926 by an ex officer of the nizam and the second one bahadur jang what is the jang business the nizams especially the last nizam was selling titles like padma shri etc so one is lowest the jang next is nawaz jang and the bigger is an arjan so whosoever gave biggest amount of money he became arjan <laughs> middle one the nawaz jang and who gave something little he only jangs so the jangs multiplied and they were all given some stands and so many things i will give you the figures etc so what does muslimification start was first is convert the scheduled caste second is import muslims from ethiopia they imported muslims and this is called habshis in hyderabad there is a locality called habshigora where the habshis from ethiopia were settled then from yemen i was working for the united nations in yemen in a place called mokalla so from there this was nizam imported muslims and they are called barkas the area in hyderabad barracks in english barkas in urdu that's what it has been done so these are the areas of foreign muslims being imported into hyderabad and then multiplied just as now rohingyas are also marrying the hyderabadi muslims and then they are producing children etc etc then 
One million Muslims from all over India were also imported into Nizam, into Nizam's territories over a period of time. This is the Muslimification. One is Jindar, another is Ittihad. The fourth Salar, or the commander-in-chief of the Ittihad was Rajui. Earlier, one Baudur Yarjang, that fellow from 1928 to 1944, he converted into, into really a Muslim organization for Muslimification and he defined what is the objective of the Ittihad. Then when Rajakar Kasim Rajvi came, he is a product of the arsenal of Pakistan in India, which is that? Makanal Sahib, AMU. Muhammad Ali Jannah called the Aligarh Muslim University as the arsenal of Pakistan. So this, this man, Kasim Rajvi, is a product of AMU. He is a liar in a place, small place called Latur in Marathwada district of Maharashtra. He took over. He is the fourth Salar. And in 1938, the constitution of the Ittihad was changed. The constitution declared its aim is to keep Nizams as a Muslim state, as an Islamic state forever, and no dilution of that one. So how to do this one? By 1940s, 1942, Pit India movement, and 1942 only, Crips mission came, first mission, and afterwards came the cabinet mission. In 1946, therefore, all over India, there were stirring CISs tomorrow, day after. Inevitably, in the 40s, India is going to be independent. Then what will be the position of Nizam? So Nizam, he is wanting to become an independent kingdom with a treaty to India. Now, in order to make Nizam very powerful and to resist, because they were thought that there would be a showdown between the Indian Union and the Nizam state. So the Rajakar under Kasim Rajvi, that is the second phase, 46 to 48, he converted that into a fascist organization. The rant and roar of Rajvi, there is a monograph that I have brought out. His speeches, stirring speeches, in August 1947, this man went to Sardar Patel. And there he was saying, why don't you leave us freedom, etc. Sardar Patel dealt with him. I'll give the conversation between those two people. So, then what? In the meanwhile, in the Telangana area of Nizam, the Communist Party, it was banned, but it was operating under the Andhra Mahasabha. There were linguistic unions, Karnataka Sabha, the Maratha Sabha, and Andhra Mahasabha. The communists infiltrated into Andhra Mahasabha, but they did a wonderful job. They were fighting the feudalism of the Nizam. Because the, the, for 90% of the population was Hindus, 10% Muslims, but the 90% of all jobs were for Muslims. Urdu, for quite some time, Persian was the language, the official language in Nizam's territories. Afterwards, it became Urdu from the primary to the university stage. University also, um, the teaching was through Urdu only. So when the 1940s came, Nizam's ambition increased. The paramountcy will disappear 
and afterwards i will become independent i am a king etc so muslimification and kashiram kashim rajvi said and openly said for 45 million muslims in the rest of india are our fifth column if the indian army dares to attack the nizam then all those 45 million people will rise and he was appealing to them this was the type of thing that was happening the communists liberated 3000 villages 3000 villages from the nizam's rule in nalgonda district in warangal district khammam and a part of karimnagar district communists were not there in marathwada and karnataka areas of nizam's dominion so communists were the force of the rajakars rajakars used to invade these villages but they could not penetrate them then in 1947 june the nizam issued a farman that i am going to be independent i will not join pakistan or india indian union then uh, august 1947 he issued one more farman from today i am independent and he appealed to the british government as is the most faithful ally that he allowed me for in this thing the embassies and what not what not etc then what to do with the ah, india is embroiled in the trouble with pakistan in kashmir this is the best time to become independent and also raise armies ammunition etc etc <clears throat> so he did not join on 9 august 1947 so there was a standstill agreement that was concluded in november 1947 stand still for one year so from november 47 to november 48 in the meanwhile when once the nizam declared that he would be independent in 1948 february there was the second congress of the communist party of india in calcutta under stalin's direction comrade pc joshi was removed as secretary comrade bt ranajeev became the secretary the comin form communist information international information center it was comin turn earlier when the second world war started in and in june 1941 when hitler invaded soviet union the imperialist war became the people's war and then they said the indian bt ranajeev said in 1948 december Ukraine was denied a seat in the Security Council of the United Nations then Stalin started saying let us wage war against all these democracies so between and give so when once Nizam said independent communist party said yes Nizam should be independent why because 3000 villages we have liberated they are going to be the Iran in China Iran was a province where the communists like in Telangana the one 3000 villages thousands of villages and with that as the base they waged a war against chiangai sheikh and by 1949 they conquered the whole of china similarly in india the telangana will be the enan of india and we will wage war against nizam i can easily finish but india i cannot therefore we should join the rajakars because rajakars were wanting to wage again war against the indian union to keep hyderabad as a muslim whereas the communists were wanting 
to spread the communism all over india both through nehru government is a lackey of the uh, british american imperialism that was the characterization so with different ideas but congruent reaction that is against the indian union so the communists started and the rajakars they the rajakars stopped invading the 3000 liberated villages and the communists were hand in glove with the rajakars they said let us attack only indian union <coughs> there was one sydney cotton the notorious arms runner he was an australian so he purchased some 12 planes and that fellow was giving ammunition guns guns etc he was smuggling all those with karachi as the base see that one so they, what the rajakars did was how to frighten the hindus from wishing to join the indian union so you must terrorize them how to terrorize i will give you details but whatever was done in moplastan or khalistan in mali malabar was repeated on a greater scale on a larger scale over a larger territory whole of telangana then when the indian army finally decided no those who were troubled by rajakars they used to go to delhi and sardar patel used to walk along the kingsway what is that called now raj rajpath in the morning he used to take walks so the hyderabadi fellows they would go sir my wife is abducted my house is looted so on so so on so on so on. wait 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 what was the tweet because as long as mount botten was the governor general and nehru is not wanting any action to be taken against the rajasthan so you have to wait we have to take all the sufferings mount botten went away from india on 21 june 1948 21 june 1948 in the in between there were so many negotiations between nizam the government and indian union not accession a treaty a treaty would sardar patel accept it is it suffer i know what to do but when so he was waiting for mount patel to go away so on the 14th of june that is 7 days before mount patel's departure a type of treaty was drawn between nizam and the indian union and mount patel himself nehru sardar swarn singh and so many people went to dehradun where patel sahib was convalescing from a heart attack so they said sir this is the agreement government of nehru's government has accepted it nizam is also accepting it sardar patel sahib then mount patel said i am going in great disappointment is that so it is so much to you that's what sardar patel said yes then he took it and signed fully knowing that nizam will reject it he signed it so when <laughs> these fellows mount patel and other fellows nehru etc they came to india treaty kar diya and then when they went to hyderabad and these fellows went to hyderabad that fellow rejected kasim raju said this bloody nonsense nothing doing india we don't agree to this one so that's the end of it so june 21 mount patel gone 
and preparations were made by Sardar Patel even earlier. Nehru was not wanting any action. He designated Kabul Kalam Azad as the minister to deal with Nizam. Bhaskaragaru, do you know this? Bhaskaragaru sahab, do you know this? Hmm? It is revealed in a book written by Lai Kali and other fellows. I will give you that one. <coughs> so, Maulana Habul Kalam Azad and not Sardar Patel. Just like Kashmir, not Sardar Patel, but Nehru. Now, Abul Kalam wrote four conditions and the Rajvi has prevailed upon the changing of the Prime Minister. Whosoever was wanting to deal with India, they were all thrown out. And Mir Lai Kali, who emigrated from India to Pakistan and was Pakistan's delegate to the United Nations and Jinnah's advice was taken as the Prime Minister of Naja. So under that Mir Lai Kali's Prime Ministership, the all from, from January 1948 onwards. So this Tamasha was going on. Finally, when, the, when there was a very serious discussion between Nehru and Patel, Patel was accused of communalism. Rajaji was the governor general. And at the crucial moment, Rajaji took out from his pocket and gave a letter to Nehru. What was that? It was the British commissioner's protest against the raping of a nun in Sikhindrabad. Then when once Nehru saw that one, yes, army should go. Thousands of Indian Hindu women were raped, molested. Nehru never wanted anything. But one nurse was molested, raped. And then he said, yes, he, all right. Then Sardar Patel had decided, 13th morning should go. Jinnah died on the 11th of September. So the Indian Commander-in-Chief, I forget the name, Pakistan also had the British as the Commander-in-Chief. This fellow rang up Nehru, Sir, Pakistan is in mourning. So we should postpone this one. I don't know, talk to Patel. So they woke up Patel at 12 o'clock. Patel said, are you working for India or for Pakistan? Shut up! Army will go. And then this man, this Indian commander-in-chief, British, spoke to the British commander-in-chief of Pakistan. And Sardar Patel got that paper. Next day, Menon, VP Menon, he went to this Indian commander-in-chief. Sir, did you speak to so-and-so fellow last night? Yes, what did you speak? Oh, we are from the same country, we are inquiring about something. He played this. He resigned. And that very day he resigned. Anyway, next one, 13th, uh, on the 17th, March, uh, 17th of September, 50 kilometers away from Hyderabad, under Munshi's advice, Indian army halted because after knowing that he cannot face the Indian army, what shall I do? He asked for Munshi. Munshiji went there. Until then, Munshiji was never called by this Nizam. So, Munshiji told them, I asked, if the army comes and if you surrender, it will be under duress. Therefore, I have advised the army to stay 50 kilometers away. Now you do whatever you want. Please give me advice. My advice is that you exit to India. You invite the Indian army to take over and control these Rajakars and control the Rajakars. 
So that fellow did never broadcast. He went to the radio station. Uh, something he read. Hmm. And said, I have asked the Indian Union to take over Hyderabad and restore order. That's why it's police action it was called. So that's the end of it. So many things afterwards. And then when the Rajakars, when the army surrendered, the Hyderabad army, the Rajakars were 400,000, 4 lakhs of them. They were seconded to the 22,000 strong Hyderabad army. These fellows went on climbing up the trees and from there shooting and, and the Indian army was shooting them like birds. So these people made over all their ammunition and guns to the communists. And the communists resisted the Indian Union until 1951 September. For three years, the communists were waging a war against the Indian Union just like Naxalites are waging a war here. And what happened? A delegation of comrades Ajay Ghosh, Chandra Rajeshwar Rao, Makine Basopurna and S.A. Dagge, four of them incognito went to Stalin and asked him, what shall we do? Only we are left. Our cadres are gone. What shall we do now? So he saw a map, etc., etc., and said, no, no, you, you surrender, you call off, you ask for peace talks, peace talks. And he came back and asked if you are peace talks. And that, yeah, 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 do peace talks. You are a government. Anyway, that was the end of 1951 tuck. So, what did the Rajakars do? Rajakars were a fascist organization. It was growing, first it was 50,000. It was raised only in, after Kasimali took over the Ittehad. And Ittehad, there were there the Harijans who were um, converted, they were called Ittehad Harijans. Ittehad Harijans. They had a minister also, Venkatrao, in the Nizam's cabinet. So it, these Ittehad Harijans, that means converts, they were cooperating with the Ittehad and also with the Dindar in converting other scheduled castes. In Vedar district, anyway, the details have come. So, friends, what did the Rajakars do? Rajakarism has not disappeared from Andhra Pradesh. The old city of Hyderabad is still the capital of the Rajakars. And as recently as January of this year, in a town called Bhainsa, in Nijamabad district, the same Rajakars did whatever they did in 1947-48. In, in Telangana. Why did they do? How did they do? Because the TRS, the Telangana Rasa Samiti, which is the regional ruling party in Telangana, is in alliance with the MIM. Just as Nehru was in alliance with the Ali, Indian Union Muslim League. In 1950 general elections, the Indian Congress was in alliance with the Indian Union Muslim League in Kerala to defeat Praja Socialist Party of Tanu Pillai and others. <coughs> so, in Bhansa, in January, what exactly the Rajakars did between 46 and 48, that is, molesting women, raping women, burning the Hindu's houses, etc., happened for two days. Now, the Home Minister of Telangana is a, a, a Muslim Home Minister. Anyway, <coughs> So this is, this is not the end. At the, after September 1948, that is 
when the Nizam has acceded to Indian Union, he said, I am acceding to Indian Union. I invited the Indian Army to come and uh, deal with the Rajakars. He was, in August 1948, the Muslim, the Nizam's government sent a delegation to the Security Council of the United Nations saying, my country has been, is going to be invaded by Indian Union. My country is going to be invaded by Indian Union. So the Security Council was meeting in Paris. Then the Chinese, nationalist Chinese, they raised an objection. Who is this? This is a country. When did it become a country? What are its credentials? So it got postponed for another two days, three days, etc. Mm-hmm. Then which is some useless country, some Bolivia-like thing from South America. That was the one which was sponsoring that case. So 1948, September 17th evening, Nizam broadcast that I am withdrawing my case from the Security Council. I asked those fellows to come back, etc., etc., all that. So anyway, by 17th itself, they, because of Chinese objections, the Security Council postponed its deliberations, admit or not admit, for another three days. That was beyond 17th. Afterwards, it collapsed. Nothing, nothing happened. But there was a, all the Jungs and Nawaz Jungs and Yad Jungs, the nobles in the Nizam, appealed to Jawaharlal Nehru. There was a ethnic cleansing. Tens of thousands of Muslims have been butchered by the Indian army and the Hindu organizations. This is the complaint from Nizam's Jungs, Yad Jungs and others. So, wonderful Nehru, he appointed Pandit Sunarar Committee. Anybody knows about Swandir Sundaral? I knew. He was the chairman of the All India Peace Council. What is this All India Peace Council? A front organization of the Communist Party of, in, of the Komen Farm, Communist International, Pandit Sundarlal. So Pandit Sundarlal descended upon Hyderabad and gave a report that between 40,000 and 100,000 Muslims have been slaughtered by the Indian Army and other Hindu organizations. This was the report. And uh, it has to be processed by whom? By the Home Minister, Sardar Patel. <laughs> he threw it out. Since then, it is not talked about. It is there in the Nehru Museum here in Hyderabad, that report. So it was dug out by some Muslim people who are writing so many histories there now in Hyderabad. So this is the story. The Rajakars, Rajakarism is not ended. It is thriving. What used to be only Yamma Ittihadul, uh, Yamma Yam, Majlis Ittihadul Muslim, Muslimin, it has now become a All India organization, A-I-M-I-M. He is operating in Aurangabad. He is operating in Bihar, one, one seat. In, in Aurangabad, he has one seat. And he has it is spread into Kerala, etc. So, it is being revived. And he is, again, Rajakar type of fellows are being raised under the patronage of the regional government in Telangana. Is there only one Muslim organization? No, sir. AIUDF, what is that? All India United Democratic Front, Baduddin, Maulana Baduddin, Asmal. So recently he proposed that Priyanka Gandhi should be nominated as a Congress candidate for the Rajya Sabha. And there is 
People's Front of India, etc. Half a dozen Muslim organizations have come together, and now the CAA, anti-CAA, is the Khilafat movement. Just as the Khilafat movement of Muslims, for a Muslim somewhere outside India, and in no other country any Muslim has done anything. Just like that one, the anti-CAA movement, which is taken up by the all these companies, is supported by the Congress, by all the regional parties, excepting in Bihar. <coughs> One regional party excepting in Bihar. What was the outcome of Indian National Congress support to the Khilafat movement? Radicalization of India's Muslims, two-nation theory, partition of India, Pakistan, expulsion of the non-Muslims from 17% to 1.5% in what is now called Pakistan, from 30% to 6.5% and still going down in East Pakistan, now called Bangladesh. And within India, 9.8% Muslim population of 1951 census is 16 percent officially, unofficially 20 percent or 25 percent. So this is the consequence, that is the Rajakarism, that this will happen has been foretold by Dr. Ambedkar. In 1941-1940 March, Lahore, Pakistan resolution, after reading that resolution, Ambedkar wrote a book, Partition of India or Pakistan, 1941 it was published. There he said, Hindu fellows, your brain is gone. And if partition is good, because since the 11th century onwards, Indian Hindus and Muslims never live together. They can never, never, Islam does not allow them, I will give you a few quotations, allow them to have allegiance to any other country. There must be partition. There must be exchange of population, total exchange of population. It's not my idea. It's the idea of the League of Nations, the predecessor to the United Nations. So after 1919 dissolution of the Ottoman Turkish Empire, the Ottomans had some territories in Christian Europe, especially in Greece, Macedonia, Bulgaria, and some parts of Romania. And some Christians were coming to the metropolitan, just as Hindus had gone to London. And Muslims also of India had gone to London because of the imperial capital. So they came to imperial Turkey. So under the League of Nations, there was a total peaceful exchange of populations. All Muslims from European part of the Turkish Empire into Turkey. And all the Christians from Turkey to that. So why don't you do that one? You are in the League of Nations. But... You know, Gandhi objected, Nehru wanted all these fellows to become bandis, the voters. Anyway, that is an. <clears throat> so we'll go very quickly. I will take you through the details of this one.